and welcome to the Bikers Church Midrand Podcast. It's great to have you join us for this week's episode. We hope that you find this valuable for your daily life. So it's a, it's a bit of a different Sunday for me um, and for, for Nats. It's our, it's our first Sunday at church as parents, which we're excited about. And um, for those of you who are visiting, um, I'm going to try to fill you in real quick. Two, two weeks ago, just about two weeks ago, Tuesday coming two weeks ago, Nats and I uh, became parents for the first time. And, uh, excuse me, give me a moment. There we go. There we go. And we became parents through the process of adoption, um, which is a little unorthodox, I guess. Uh, but um, when I look at the process that we, that we had to walk through, I, I just see God's fingerprints all over it. And I, I recognize that what we had the privilege of going through is an absolute miracle. And... Um, just of how God brought this, <laughs> this little family together. Uh, I believe that, that as I look at that, I, just, I see a story of just God's faithfulness. And I see a story that, that honors God. And I see a story that, that just shows God's heart for you and, and for me. And if I'm honest, I was a little surprised when it all happened. But truthfully, I shouldn't be surprised, should I? And this morning, my, the, the, the title of my sermon is, we've been talking around, around life under construction, and this morning, this, the, the title of my sermon is Filling Empty Rooms. Filling Empty Rooms. And the reason why I shouldn't be surprised by what God has done I believe is found in the book of, of Psalm, of the book of Psalms, Psalm uh, 138 and verse 8. Psalm 138 verse 8, it'll pop up on the screen there for you. But it says this, it says, The Lord will perfect that which concerns you. The Lord will perfect that which concerns you. Now when you're standing on the other side of a great victory, that scripture says a whole lot. I want to say that when you're standing on the wrong side, waiting for the victory, if I can say the wrong side, I hope you get what I mean by that. Waiting for that victory. Those words are an encouragement. But when you're standing on the other side of the victory, you look at those words and you just go, man, Lord, how great you are. That you come and you perfect these things that concern us. So I'm going to take hopefully about 25 minutes. I've got a time check here on myself. Hopefully about 25 minutes. And just talk you through our story of hope. And within that story to, to just 
try and bring home a couple of, of spiritual lessons, a couple of spiritual principles that, that we learned through this journey of hope. So, I like stories. I really like stories. And I've gone and left my crib notes in my office. That's oh, okay. I'll work off this. I'm going to be like my dad and walk around with a piece of paper. I've always wanted to be like my dad. All right, so 10 years ago, 10 years ago, my wife and I got married. In fact, next month, it's 10 years, so we're really excited about that. And, um, you know, I'm sure that as with those of you who are married, and even those of you who are looking to get married, you kind of have this idealistic picture of what life's going to look like once you either say yes or once you have said yes and you look at it and you're like, you know what, it's going to be great. We're going to be married. We, we won't start with kids immediately. We'll kind of just give it two years and try and just figure each other out, figure life out. And we did that. I mean, we were, we were like in the front of the list for just going, we just want to have a bit of time together. God took that very seriously. Uh, And we thought, you know, we're going we're gonna to wait to get our finances in order. Uh, I can remember for some reason when I turned 18, I was like, I need to save up for a house. What 18-year-old thinks I need to save up for a house? But anyways, I, I had this bee in my bonnet. So every little cent that came in, I started saving. And, and so that one day I'd have a deposit for a home for when I got married. So when, when Nats and I got married, it was like, okay, babe, you know, here's the plan. We're gonna, after so many years, we're going to buy a house. And then once we've bought a house, we can start with the family. And she's on board and we're all happy. Yeah, that'll do. Thank you, sir. What a king. You know, and, and I, look at, I look at that and, and you go, you go, we had all these plans. We had all these amazing plans as to what our life was going to look like two years down the line, five years down the line, 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line. And there's this old little adage that says, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. But the truth be told, three years down the line, we were like, okay, we've just bought our home we bought a three-bedroom home, you know, one bedroom for Nats and I, and then two other bedrooms for kids. You know, that's the plan. And uh, so we start trying. We start trying for kids. Um, and we really start trusting God for children. And I promise we did put faith to our, action to our faith. Too much information? No. Okay. <laughs> and I can remember, you know, <laughs> that first month goes by and, and you're pretty excited. And nothing. And then that second month goes by and, and nothing. And then that first year goes by and nothing. And so time goes on, and it was about three years in. It was, it was um, in 2011, 
You can imagine after long prayers and, and big questions, we went and saw some doctors and went through tests and all sorts, and, and ultimately they came back and said to us, medically, you can't have children. You know, medically speaking, it's just, it's not going to happen. And that's not the sort of thing you want to hear from a doctor. Especially, I can remember a day I was, I was still dating my wife and, and we were talking and I, I'm a big dreamer. I've got huge dreams and I can dream all day long. Um, it can be a problem at times. Uh, but I can remember like always talking to her about her dreams and the, about my dreams. And, and the one day I, I stopped and I looked at her and I said, babe, what are your dreams? What do you dream about? You know, what do you want to become one day? What's, what's your dream? And her answer was quick and it was short and it was simple. And her answer was to be a mom. Woo! And it's hard when you stand in front of a doctor and, and he's telling you that that's not possible. And I can remember leaving, leaving his offices that day and, and we were gutted. And we did the only thing we knew to do. And that was to just take it to God. Just go, you know what, Lord, here's a medical report that, that, that rocks our world, that shatters our dreams and our hopes, and we give it to you. And a, a constant conversation started with God. And, and as that conversation carried on, we, we, our lives started praying this prayer. And only years later did Nats actually put them into words. But when she put them into words, I recognized that we'd been praying that for so many years just without using those specific words. But she walked into our, into our house the one day, standing, looking at the two empty rooms in our house. And she looked at it and, and she just prayed this and she said, Lord, please fill these empty rooms. And you may be sitting there today, and you have empty rooms in your life. You have empty rooms in your life. Your, your empty rooms just look different to what our empty rooms look like. You know, for, for us, our empty rooms were, were the desire to have children, an, an unmet desire. And that might be your empty room. But your empty room might be a different unmet desire or expectation. It might be a, a job promotion that was promised that never came. It might be breakthrough in business that you trust in God for that, that never came yet. It might be a, a, a hurt relationship that you seek restoration on. It might be a family member that you've lost contact with, that you'd love restoration with. It might be the spouse that you trust in God for that hasn't arrived yet. We all have empty rooms. And I wonder today, what's your empty room? So Nats goes and she prays this prayer. And, 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 and like I say, it was like our lives were praying this room, Lord, fill these empty rooms. Because if there's something we realized very early on is that 
we cannot fill these empty rooms. You know, there, there was nothing that I could do to physically go in and, and fill those rooms. And it was in that moment that, that kind of the first principle that I want to bring home today came into action for us all those years ago. And that was surrender. We have these empty rooms. We have these, these, these unmet expectations. We have these desires, these things that we believe in God for. And we hang on to them so tightly, believing that if I squeeze just a little harder, it might come to life. Whereas God's just saying, hey, if, if you'll just let it go, I can, I can take it. And we had to get to the point where we surrendered this dream to God. There's a, there's, there's, there are these lyrics in, in a song by, by Hillsong United where it just says, Faith makes a fool of what makes sense. Faith makes a fool of what makes sense. And the truth be told, folks, we hang on to the things that make sense all day long. When God's saying, hey, I want you to trust me in this. I want you to give it over to me. I want you to, to, to surrender it to me. And when you do, I'll make an absolute fool out of a medical report. I'll make an absolute fool out of the situation that seems so big because I'm so much greater than what makes sense. Because the truth is, faith most often doesn't make sense. So, at that point, when, when we recognized our need for surrender, we did. We surrendered and, and we, we, we continued to trust God with our empty room. And then something happened. Everyone around us started falling pregnant. I mean, my sister's having a kid. Nats' sister's some are having two kids. Uh, friends of ours are having children. We come to church and everyone's pregnant. And we're like, what water are you guys drinking from? You know, where's that? Like, you know, you know, without getting too graphic, share some secrets with us here. What's going on? You know, what aren't we doing? And then something terrible starts to happen. Doubt starts to set in. I've surrendered this thing, but, but I start comparing myself with the people around me. I start, can we just be honest this morning? You get to the point where you're like, Lord, why are you blessing that person and not me? Is it something I've done? And, and, I mean, you start repenting from top to bottom and going through all the motions that you could possibly think of. And, you know, just to make you feel like an absolute king, someone else comes along and says, you know what, I really feel like you have sin in your life and that's why this thing's not happening. And God bless them um, for their ignorance, but we love them anyways. Uh, but you go through all these motions and, you, and, and, and you're like, Lord... Why aren't you doing for us what you're doing 
for them. And I want to say this to you this morning is that the, the second principle that we learn through our process is don't compare. Don't compare your faith walk with someone else's faith walk. Folks, comparison is the enemy of God. I believe it with all my heart. Because comparison breeds one of two things. It either breeds pride because somehow I look at someone else's story and I go, see, I'm actually doing better than what they are. And all of a sudden, I start, I start being filled with pride. Or on the other end of that spectrum, I look and I compare with others and I see, you know what, Lord? Look what you've done for them. Why, why haven't you done it for me? And then what sets in? Doubt. And comparison will only breed pride or doubt. The truth is, folks, my faith walk is very different to your faith walk. Your faith walk is very different to your neighbor's faith walk. Don't get caught in the snare of comparison. I love Philippians 1 verse 6. It's a scripture we know so well, but I want to read it here for you. I just want to read here. Philippians 1 verse 6, it says, Paul speaking to us, he says, I'm certain that God who began the good work the next words, within you. That God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus returns. Notice that he says, who began the good work within you. So when it comes to your faith walk, he's doing a good work within you. And that is the, 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 the walk of faith that I need to focus on, is the faith walk that I'm walking with God. You have your own. Go and walk it. Go and live out your faith with God. Stop comparing yourself to your neighbor. It's not going to end well. Amen. So we responded and we recognized that comparison was going to lead us to a dead end street. And instead of comparing, we felt like God just said, hey, just be faithful in the little things. Just be faithful. And here's where things started to turn around um, or kind of heat up. All along, we just been trusting God to come and do something incredible, and we didn't know what it was. Folks, I have more prophecies over our situation that we were going to naturally give birth than what I think King David had over his life. Um, and I'm not discounting them at all. I'm not saying that, 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 that that's not going to happen one day. Again, it comes back to this issue of, of comparison. Something that I had to recognize is, Lord, I have to walk in step with you because I don't want to miss what you're going to do. And if I keep focused on what other people are doing and what's happening in their lives, I can so easily miss what you want to do. And on Women's Day this year, Women's Day, Nats and I are sitting at home. We meant to go for a hike with, with some friends the afternoon and, and we get a phone call 
this just this random phone call out of nowhere of a person that that Nat's knew as a youngster and her, like her daughter phones us and says, hey, uh, one of your family members told me that, you know, we got your, of your story. And bottom line is she says, she says, a little boy was brought into a police station. Do you want him? You know, and you're like, we've been busy with an adoption process from just checking out adoption for a while and it doesn't work that way. But anyways, something just like, explodes in our hearts and that's and I jump up off the couch put on a clean coat of paint in the form of jeans and a t-shirt and head out the door uh, go and buy baby formula nappies and a little baby grow and we told this little kid is at this place of safety very long story short we spent the whole day driving around trying to find this kid and and it was a false alarm you know, nothing, nothing came of it. And all that hurt from the past was just like exposed and raw and it felt wrong. And you're like, Lord, why put us through this? You know, why get our hopes up? And I was chatting to a friend of ours and, and, and you know, he said, what were your questions up to that point? And we just said, you know, our questions were, Lord, are we ready for exploring an adoption process? And he looked at us and he said, you might be raw now, but didn't God just expose your hearts? You know, did you question yourselves before you jumped up off the couch? And we recognized that in that pain, God used that moment of, of discomfort, let's call, you know, don't you love it when doctors say to you, this is going to be uncomfortable? Right? No, it's not. It's going to hurt like crazy. You know, you're going to feel a bit of pressure. That's not pressure, but. <laughs> but that God would use that discomfort to reveal our own hearts. And for us to recognize that, hey, you know what, Lord, yes, we are, we're. We're ready for this. And what we learned in that, in that moment is, is really just the third principle. And that is, just, is this. That in that moment, it was like God was saying to us, Hey, trust me. Just one more time. Just one more time. Just take that next step. Just one more time. You've been believing me for this for so long. Please, just one more time. And that just one more time, I believe, is, is just being faithful in obedience. Being faithful in obedience, taking that next step for, next step in, in obedience to God. We, we look at Luke 5. And we see the disciples finding themselves in a, in a place where they have an empty room. Only their empty room was in the form of empty nets. Empty nets, not an empty nest. Empty nets. And in fact, by the time Jesus gets to the disciples, they've actually given up. We find them sitting on the shore washing their nets like we're done. This is it. It's finished. You know, I'm not, I'm not mucking about in that anymore. 
For those of you who are taking notes, it's, it's uh, Luke 5 verses 4 through 6. And Jesus then uses one of their boats as a pulpit. And when he's done speaking to the crowds, he says to, to Simon, he says, he says there, he says, Now go out where it's deeper and let down your nets and catch some fish. What's Jesus saying to the disciples there? He's saying, hey, just one more time. Just one more time. And Peter's a schooled fisherman. He's been doing this for years. And he looks at Jesus and he says, you know, we've been at this all night. And you may be feeling like you have been at this for so long with no results. But then he, Peter goes and he says this to Jesus. He says, he says, but at your word, at your word, we'll go one more time. And you may be in a situation where God's just prompting you this morning to say, hey, just one more time. Just one more time. Just, just do it again. Just be faithful. And we see that in that moment where they're just obedient to God, they haul in a, a catch like they've never caught before. And for me, that is just such encouragement that God is faithful in those moments, that as we respond and go, yes, Lord, I'll go just one more time. That he meets us exactly where we're at. He meets us exactly where we're at. And God wants to meet you right in your position, in your place, in your place of need, in your unmet desire. You see, folks, there's something about faithfulness. There's something about just one more time. Just getting to God in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, whenever that time is for you. But to in that moment, just come and sit down and say, Lord, I need to connect with you for my day. You know, Nat and I could have very easily just run the other way and, and gone and done our own thing and given up on the whole God thing. But we chose to run to God. And if it wasn't for those daily meetings with God, I don't know where we'd be today. I'm just honest. You see, because in those moments, just responding to that just one more time, just one more time, it was in those moments that God came, met with us, and sustained us. Both Nat and I have, have <laughs> journals full of Scripture where in a very specific moment, God brings about a very specific scripture to get us through that specific day. He will meet you. He will sustain you. Last week, my dad just ministered around, be still and know. Be still and know that I am God. And sometimes, folks, that's all that just one more time looks like. It's just to sit there, be still, and say, Lord, right now, I'm at a loss for words, but I trust you. And in that moment, we, we realize the fourth and the last principle that I want to just chat to you today is just that God is faithful 
God is faithful. And to take it a step further to line up with what we're talking about here, God fills empty rooms. God fills empty rooms. Folks, this isn't a theory that I'm talking to you about today. We have living proof of that fact in this building. That God has given us this little bundle of joy and he has filled an empty room in our home. There's a quote by A.W. Tozer that to me just speaks so beautifully into this where he says this. He says, while it looks like things are out of control, behind the scenes there is a God who hasn't surrendered his authority. Can I repeat that? While it looks like things are out of control, behind the scenes there is a God who hasn't surrendered his authority. You see, the situation that you find yourself in, God hasn't surrendered his authority in your situation. When it came to our situation, we had to realize that God has not surrendered his authority in that situation. So Nats and I go and we book an appointment with a, with a, uh, a social worker for a Thursday. The Sunday before was men's camp. What an awesome time we had at men's camp. And that Sunday before the Thursday, we get this phone call. So Nat and I are fully committed. We're going through this through the system. We're going to go and, and, and work through a process of adoption. And, and, and the, the, the Sunday before the Thursday, we get this phone call from a friend of ours. And she says, hey, <clears throat> young ladies come to me. She can't keep her child. She's asked me to find a good home for, for him. Are you guys interested? Keep in mind Women's Day. Keep in mind practicing this appointment for seven years. We don't want to say that because it sounds like we don't have faith. But folks, after a while, that's what we're doing. We just practice this appointment. And that's not God's heart for you. That's not God's heart for me. And as... We get that phone call, both Nats and I sit back, and we had to move from a place of, of, of thinking like we're practicing this appointment to, to a place where we say, Lord, lead us and guide us with your peace. How could we pray that? Because we knew God's faithful. We knew that God's faithful. So we go and we engage with, with this phone call out of the blue on the 15th of September we met with our social worker for the first time the 15th of September on the 11th of September not Nats but both Nats and myself are standing in the hospital delivery room watching the birth of our son God is faithful.
And on the 12th of October, that little bundle of life was used by God to fill an empty room. And God came and he, he filled a desire of ours that we struggled with for so long on these simple, very basic principles that I believe each and every one of us can apply in our lives to our situation. Your empty room, the empty room that you face daily, the empty room that, that, that seems to just consume you at times, and, and you reach a point where you're just like, Lord, I don't even know if you're in this anymore. But folks, today, let the story be a story of hope. That your story is a story that can honor God. Your story is a story that can bring glory to His name. When we surrender our story to God. When we stop comparing our lives and our faith walk with someone else's life and someone else's faith walk. When we respond in obedience and say, yes, just one more time. And when we recognize that our God is faithful and our God does fall empty rooms. You see Psalm 138.8, as we read at the top of the message, God perfects the things which concern you. God perfects the things which concern me. Not in my time, not in my way, but it's perfect every time. And the band is welcome to, to come up. And this morning, as we close off, I wonder, what is your empty room? What is your empty room? What's that thing that you face daily? What is that thing that seems so much greater than you on a daily basis? Because the truth be told, we serve a God that doesn't want to be an observer of your situation, but he wants to be welcomed in to your situation. And this morning, you may be sitting here and you may need to surrender this empty room. You may need to, to come and, and say, Lord, you know, I've held on to this thing for so long, trying to, trying to squeeze this thing back to life. But this morning I've heard that what you're really looking for is for me to just let go of it. So just give it over to you. And Lord, this morning, I, I, I need to do that. I want to do that. You may be in a place where you've been comparing your situation and your life with people for so long that you're so deep in pride or so deep in doubt that you actually can't see what God has in store for you. 
this morning you may be sitting there and God has prompted your heart and said, hey, my boy, my girl, just one more time. Just one more time. And if that is you this morning, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm going to ask, will you just get up as a step of faith, get up out of your seat, come forward, and we'd love to just pray for you. We'd love to pray for you. And as the folks come forward, we're going to ask that the ministry team comes forward to pray with them. Thank you. If that is you this morning, Lord, I need to surrender this empty room, this situation that that has just seemed hopeless in my life. Lord, I desire to stop comparing myself to others. And Lord, this morning, I, I recognize that I just need to go one more time. Then please come forward. We'd love to pray for you. Ministry team, where's our ministry team? guys over here. Terry, can I ask you to come pray for some folks? Why not? All right. We've got some guys on the side. Fantastic. We've got another guy here. Two more ladies over there. Candice, can I ask for you to go pray? Thank you. we're going to make it really simple. I'm just going to pray a prayer over you. And and as we pray, awesome, we've got another lady right here. Um, Mrs. Bucker, can you come help us out, please? Thank you. for you folks and as I pray for you I'm going to ask that you just agree with what we're praying in your own heart I'm not going to ask you to repeat after me or anything like that this is really just a moment between you and God but I I honor you for the step of faith of stepping out and coming and saying Lord I surrender this I surrender this I can't do it in my own strength Lord and I'm done comparing I'm done looking at other people's lives, going, I've got it together or I'm falling apart. And Lord, today I choose just one more time 
lift up, Father God, as these precious men and women stand before you, Lord. Lord, I thank you that, Lord, that you hear the cry of these hearts, Lord. That you hear the cry of these hearts, Father. Lord, that you see the empty rooms that are represented here through your people today, Lord. Lord, I thank you that your word says that you are faithful to complete the work that you have started in us, Lord. So, Father God, each empty room that is represented here, Father God, I thank you that you are faithful to complete the work that you have started. Lord, I thank you that you said that you will perfect, you will perfect that which concerns us. So Lord, right now, as folks are standing here, just saying, Lord, I surrender this situation, Lord. I surrender whatever it is. And in that moment, just, just within yourself even, name that thing. Lord, I surrender this thing. And Father God, I'm letting go of it, handing it over to you and saying, Lord, will you come? work on my behalf Lord your will be done in this situation Lord and then as if, if, as folks are standing here going Lord I'm tired of comparing myself I'm tired of comparing myself with other people to in this moment just recognize that you have your, your word says that, that you have a plan and a purpose for my life. And Lord, I pursue your plan and your purpose for my life. And I allow other people to pursue your plan and purpose for their lives. No more comparing from today on, Lord. From today onwards, Lord, I focus on what you have in store for my life. Lord. I walk my own walk of faith trusting you and knowing that you are faithful lord lord and then for those of us who are standing here this morning saying lord i'm here because i recognize i need to be faithful lord just one more time lord and when that one more time is done lord to recognize just one more time and then just one more time until I see the fulfillment of what I know you have in store for my life. So Lord, today we pray your blessing over these situations. Lord, we thank you that as folks let go, you get to be God in their situation, Lord. And we commit this all to you in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Folks, if we could, if I could ask you to follow Peter, he's going to take you out through those doors. We just like to sit and pray with you individually, if that's good with you. Take down your details just so that we can give you a call during the week and just encourage you. But um, let's give these folks a hand. Amen. We're going to end off with that song again. So as our friends and our families walk out to, to go and be ministered to, would you stand with us as we close off this morning with this song? Amen. Amen. Folks, thank you for being with us this morning. So good to have you here with us. 
Um, if there's one thing, if I can ask, this is a bit of an odd request, but it's just where we're at. Our situation is different to a normal parental situation at this stage. Because we're still going through a legal process, you may have noticed that I've not posted a single picture of my boy on Facebook, which kills me every day. Uh, but I'm not allowed to. Um, so if we could ask, if you could just respect the process and, and, and just refrain from taking pictures of the little guy, uh, in a couple of months, we'll be able to take all the pictures that we want. But right now, um, if anything gets out, we could have him taken away from us. So if you just respect that, we'd greatly appreciate it. Um, but you're welcome to say go hi, to go and say hi to the little dude. Um, I personally think he's the most beautiful and most well-behaved child ever. Um, and I know that every parent who's ever lived thinks that about their child. But I honestly think in this case it's true. Um, <laughs> so, folks, yeah, trust that you have a wonderful week. Um, we love you guys. We, we appreciate you. And, and we, we really hope that you just have a God-filled week. Lord, as folks head out today, Lord, as folks head out into, into their week, Lord, I pray for your hand of protection over families. I pray for your blessing over families, Lord. Lord, and above all, I pray that, that we will allow the truth of your word to penetrate our hearts, to do the work that you've, you've, you've sent it out to do, Father God. Lord, to, to ultimately... Make us more and more like your son, that we can go out there and be an accurate representation of you to the people around us. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We trust that you found this message valuable. For more information on who we are or how you can get involved, please check out our website at bikerschurchmidrand.co.za or connect with us through social media on Facebook or Instagram. Beyond that, have a great day.